Blog Talk Radio. And I Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This podcast is made possible by Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today our guest is Jennifer Ruggiano. Jennifer facilitates the Northern Delaware Support Group and is also the Eastern Pennsylvania Chapter President. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, So my first question for you is, you know, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your connection is to Huntington's? Sure. Um, My husband's mother had Huntington's disease. She passed away in uh, 1994. And we knew that HD was a possibility for him, that he was at risk. But like most families, a lot of life issues came into play and once we got married and were in the process of debating on whether or not to have children, um, I got pregnant and he was diagnosed in 2000, in November of 2000 with Huntington's disease. And at that time we had two small children, two daughters, a one-year-old and a three-year-old. So uh, life went on. He, of course, he couldn't work. In 2004, our younger daughter started developing uh, focal seizures. And then from that point, they just got more intense and more frequent. And finally, in late December 2007, her neurologist kind of strong-armed me, rightfully so, to test her for Huntington's disease, which came back positive in March of 2008 with juvenile Huntington's disease. So it's been it's been a, a very rough road. Um, my daughter wound up passing away in January of 2012, and my husband passed away almost three years to the day that my daughter passed away oh, wow. in January 2015. So since then, I'm still very active in the HD community. I do have another child who is now 22 and is at risk. She knows that she wants to be tested. She's just not sure when, and that's fine with me. She just know, she just needs to be true to herself and honest with any person that she has a, an intimate relationship with, um, or even in the future if she decides to have children on her own, that she needs to be honest with herself and do the right thing, at least till there's a cure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just have to say what, you know, what an HD warrior you are to deal with not only adult onset, but juvenile Huntington's. And 
um, and then continue to, um, you know, advocate for the disease and and do so much. Um, so we certainly appreciate ha- you having um, come on the show and, and share information with us. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. So today we're going to talk about resources that are available for the Huntington's community. And what I've been trying to do is kind of go state by state, try to get resources for people in each state. Um, and you are making a list of resources for your region. Is that correct? I've been slowly putting a list together. It is not easy. So what I've started to do is just go onto the Internet and look for facilities in certain areas that are easy to get to that already do care, and there aren't many. Once I get this done, what I'd really like to do, and I've been working with our uh, regional social worker, is to actually reach out to other nursing facilities to see how they would feel about accepting an HD patient or if they would be open to it and possibly doing an in-service with them. Um, we Actually, I'm doing an in-service in two weeks with, with our social worker at a rehab in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. So, but you're getting resources for more than just Pennsylvania, correct? You're doing a whole region. Yes. Yep. Yes. So what area would this cover? I know, obviously, Pennsylvania, um, you facilitate the um, support group for Delaware. So where else would this list cover? Well, I, I have one place in Parkville, Maryland. There's another place in Lakewood, New Jersey, another place in uh, New York. And then there is, an, there is a facility where my husband, along with his younger brother, both were in Bryn Mawr, which isn't the same place that I'm going to in a couple of weeks. But it's another facility that does currently have HD patients. It's a very small facility, but they've been really the people that I know that have gone there. Great. Well, that's wonderful. Um, So for Delaware specifically, you facilitate the support group. Uh, I'm not quite sure how that works, but um, as far as, as far as like, because you're in Pennsylvania, correct? I'm not, I I live in Philadelphia, so I'm not far from Newark. Delaware, which is where the the meeting is held. Gotcha. Okay. So are there, obviously there's that support group. When does that meet? That group meets every other month, the third Saturday at 10 o'clock. And we are actually going to be meeting next Saturday at 10 o'clock in conference room 1000 or 1001. I'm not sure. They're right next to each other. Okay, and I'll try to um, list that for everybody on the um, show page so you know. Are there other resources available in Delaware that you can tell us about? Unfortunately, there there really is not much, and at this present time, there is not a Delaware chapter or affiliate for HDSA, but uh, while at the convention last week, I met uh, with my regional director who informed me that a 
woman who used to be on the New York board is currently living in Southern Delaware and very interested in starting the Delaware affiliate and then eventually into a chapter, which would be amazing. That would be amazing. That's great. So there's hope for the future for Delaware and having more resources available. Yes, yes. Good. I'm so, so glad I, to I hear that, you know, because that was her. Yes. Go ahead. That that was, I'm hope, and I, and actually I'll be speaking with her later on, but again, my hope is to, along with my other board members and board members from other chapters in our region to start networking to put together a list of smaller facilities. On the hdsa.org website, there is a link for facilities, but I don't see any in our area. And like I said a few minutes ago, I'd really like to reach out to these smaller facilities to see where they would stand and, and how receptive they would be to bringing in an HD patient or have an in-service to possibly start becoming and a specialty facility for HD. Yeah, and I think that's amazing, um, you know, to, to go and do those in-service meetings and really talk to them. And it's something that we really need to do nationwide because we find that, you know, there aren't a lot of facilities that will take um, Huntington's patients. In fact, here in North Carolina, we've had a huge issue with that. So um, I love that you're going and doing that. So when you are done with your list of oh good, <laughs> which we need, <laughs> um, when you are done with your list of resources, where can people get it? Can they contact you directly? Are you going to put it up like on your HDSA chapter page, or um, how could they get that it, list of resources? It'll it'll be everywhere. I will. I I am always open to phone calls or emails or text messages from families that are, are having HD issues or just need to talk. Sometimes, you know, you, you just feel so alone. And uh, mm -hmm. you it, it's good to know that there's other people out there that are going through the same thing that you are. Um, so it, I will have that list available. I am always available for calls or, or messages, like I said, and it will be available on our Eastern PA chapter site. And I will definitely share that with other chapters as well. Great. And I'll make sure to share the Eastern PA chapter um, website on the show page as well so people can access that once the list of resources is up. Um, so as far as Pennsylvania goes, since I've already got you on the phone, um, <laughs> what about resources there? Uh, do you guys have resources for juvenile Huntington's, being that you've dealt with JHD? Um, you know, do you guys have special support groups or, um, you know, what type of resources would you, do you have in Pennsylvania? Nothing, 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 nothing. And again, that's something that I would love to change there. When my daughter was alive, um, it was ridiculously crazy in the house. So I had both of them home. Uh, my husband at that time was in the wheelchair. She quickly wound, wound up in the wheelchair uh, then I also had my other daughter, and it was just crazy. There was constant traffic in my house between nurses, aides, doctors, and, of course, my daughter and all of her friends. 
which actually wasn't a bad thing because she had a, a great group of friends and she's, they're still very close who learned how to deal with a person with a disability, especially a child with a disability. And those kids became a help to me as life went on and their, their, um, the disease started to truly take over. I mean, they would help me feed my husband and my daughter. They would help me, they would help entertain my daughter when, when she was, you know, having a rough time or, or in the middle of seizures and trying to come out of them. So they were a great source of comfort and entertainment. <laughs> um, oh, that's but amazing. there wasn't anything. It was, it's absolutely amazing. And the, the nursing staff that I had were just as phenomenal as well. But there was no place for me to go, for them to go. Like, there was no day facility for my husband to go. And, you know, he was a blue-collar guy who worked all of his life. And you know, he was always a doer. And now he can't do anything. And then my daughter, you know, she was young. She was so young. But there was nothing for her to do either. So other than what her nurses did for her, which I'm forever eternally grateful for, there was nothing. So like her nurses would take her out and um, they would take her shopping. And sometimes they would take her to the nail salon and get her nails done. Uh, I would come home and find her hair done. <laughs> so little things like that. But I, it was so hard to see them every day stuck in a house, most days stuck in a house. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fortunate enough to have a family. My parents had a, have a house at the Jersey Shore. So during the summer months, I was able to bring them to the shore with me. The only problem was I couldn't bring my the nursing staff with me because it was out of state. So you know, you're mm-hmm. flying solo at that time. And again, I was fortunate enough to have family that were, that are very supportive. Um, but if there was some place where a family member could send their loved one for a few hours, just so that they can, so that that, that person affected by HD can have the social interactions that everyone needs on a daily basis. Uh, That's my dream. My dream is, and I've said this forever, when I hit the lottery and note, I said when, the first thing I'm going to do after I take care of my house is I am going to build a facility strictly for people with these neurological disorders that are younger, that have no place to go, and I want it to be a long-term care facility as well as a day facility with doctors and, and nurses that specialize in everything, not just the aspect of HD, but it's so difficult to find an eye doctor that will see an HD patient, a dentist, a foot doctor, any of these, these special specialties need more exposure to people with HD, and it's just you don't find that here. Right. 
Well, and I think that your your dream is amazing, and if we can find a way to make it a reality, we definitely should. That's one of the things that in North Carolina, I, when my dad got sick and I started being a caregiver, um, you know, the I, I wanted to open a home that was for Huntington's patients that was like that. It's a day facility. It's a long-term care, um, you know, and, and make it a little bit easier because we have such a hard time, especially with younger people, um, being able to go into a facility here. So, um, yeah. you know, absolutely, if there's a way that I can help to promote what your dream is and make it a reality, certainly let me know because um, I think it's amazing. It's something that definitely needs to be brought, attention needs to be brought more to. And um, there is a facility in Minnesota, and I know families that have gone there that do specialize in this type of treatment, like I'm talking about for long-term care. I don't know if it's a day facility, but I do know that it's a long-term care, and they do have patients that are younger and they do have patients that uh, I guess it's like a, a form of because they are much younger. It's just they got it a little bit later than my daughter did, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. It's called, uh, I have the name here, Good Samaritan Society, and they're a specialty care uh, community in Robbinsville, Robbinsdale, Minnesota. And I've heard absolutely wonderful things about them. So one of these days, I would love to take a, a, a trip out there just to, to tour it. And like like I've toured some other facilities closer to Philadelphia, uh, just to see how they're set up. And, and again, hopefully find a way to bring more attention to our area. And maybe somebody would be willing to help with that. Absolutely. Well, let's stay in touch. Let me know how I can help, Um, you know, and I certainly appreciate you sharing your story and sharing what your dream is and sharing the resources that you do know of um, in your area. Um, So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you. Now I'm going to let you go, but you have a great evening. Take care.